sense. So I guess, yeah, I should introduce myself, then everything will make sense. Um, so my name is Christina Beloge. I'm 39. Um, you will have to tell us ah. about this um, during the, later. the okay. interview. So okay. I don't know if you want to do it now or you can do it later as well. Um, actually, okay. we, can just start, we can just start the, the recording. Christina is a marketer and the founder of Melanin Travels Magic, which we'll be talking about today. Thank you, Christina, for joining us. Hi, Shukudi, and um, hi, everyone from The Other Expert. Uh, my name is Christina Beloge. Uh, I'm quite delighted to take part, actually, in this episode um, to present myself, uh, my company, and, yeah, my vision, basically. All right. <laughs> um, so to maybe for me to explain myself a bit more yeah where i come from why i'm have launched this project so i'm french caribbean second generation i was born in paris my parents are both from guadeloupe guadeloupe is an archipelago we have seven islands guadeloupe right. is the biggest one right. and i think the the two most famous one are saint martin because it's half dutch half french and Saint Barthélemy, where all the celebrity goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nicknamed the Butterfly Island because it's got a butterfly shape. It's next to Dominica, actually, which is famous as well, not to the Republic one, but the smaller one, which is British. And uh, Saint Lucia as well, we're, we're next to them, actually. Um, and they speak the same language as us, they speak the Creole, so that's why uh, when living here, I used to be in association and St. Lucian speak the same language as us, so we connect easily. <laughs> um, so just to say, I guess, yeah, a bit more about me. So yeah, I'm French Caribbean, born in Paris. I've studied in England and in France. I've lived in Germany, UK, France and Netherlands. Uh, since the last 14 years and uh, I suppose I think I spent most of my time in um, actually England <laughs> for right. 12 13 years I'm actually doing my British citizenship this year so yeah there's Brexit and all kind of things happening um, but I've always been how do you say attracted by learning language uh, traveling abroad living abroad to yeah, get to know new people and thinking that I could develop, um, how do you say? Um, yeah, I've always been curious about others, I guess. And that's where the love of languages came from um, because I studied at the Stub uh, Sorbonne University in Paris, which is the oldest and one of the most famous universities in Europe. Um, I studied English, economics, management, and Spanish as well, so business yeah. Spanish. Oh, wow. Uh, we, yeah, which I forgot for eight years. Funny enough, it's another story because if you don't yeah. practice, you just kind of lose it. Yeah. Um, so after that, I actually came to UK. I studied, I think, uh, European Management Strategy in Stockholm Trent. And then I start my career in UK. And um, yeah, I live six years straight in UK. Um, and I used to be like in account management, business development, so very commercial role, also working account management, digital production. So that was my first crack in tourism marketing because I used to. Uh, so so basic, basically, you've been an expert for a long time. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so it gives a different perspective on uh, your own country first, uh, your culture. 
because you you always have to think and adapt and uh, what do you say um because your base system is where you were born and raised let's say but then you need to adapt also because i would say i started to feel an expat only when i live in germany funny enough uh, why, why is that though yeah it's a good question <laughs> because when i first started in london i was 25 and i used to my mindset was i work here i don't live here i don't know how to explain it's maybe because i could it's the ease of taking the train and going back home because it's a two-hour train oh, right. um so in my mind i came to start my career to refund my student loan and i used to have a big part of my life still in france actually mm. and um my yeah i used to go the weekend in paris not every weekend but i used to have a big part of my life in france and thinking okay i'm just like you know commuting here i think most french people feel like that because um we are kind of proud of our culture etc and uh we are we know okay we came with an objective but then um we we know our roots are somewhere else um and also because london is very international you don't really feel like you're expert because you have so many people from various backgrounds like you um so it's different so when i went to germany it was different because i applied for a big retailer and they gave me a relocation agent so so that's the first time i was like really in the process while when i came to london you can come easily you take the eurostar's to our train did how did you fit in um mm. in germany where it was more expat like for you okay I, I think that so, leads more to um like ex more other expats um yes um, so in germany obviously first i didn't know the language so it was my choice to go there basically it was like to pivot my career so to learn social media marketing right. and then go in another culture because i felt like in uk at the time i reached a ceiling and if you don't have technical skills then it's harder to get hired let's say that's where i've realized because i used to come from generic uh, thing which like account management etc um and i felt like an expert because first yeah it's first time i got a relocation package i didn't know those things mm -hmm. uh and uh, my relocation agent was great uh, she was actually herself i think portuguese brazilian she lived like in 15 countries and uh wow. um she, yeah she speaks a lot of language and first thing in germany it's not like in the uk you need to in the first week you arrive you need to register as a foreigner to the i think uh council um yeah the city council the city council so she did all the formalities for me register me there open the bank account help me finding a place um and uh, also register me to the social security all those things which are compulsory so it's i would say germany is a bit more Admin-led like France is very admin-led actually. Right. Everything yeah. needs to be fair and square. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was great to have someone help me to smooth this out because I, would, I was totally lost. And how it was more expert because obviously I did I end up in Düsseldorf, which is in North West Westphalia. Discovered the culture is famous because of Dortmund is nearby and it's the biggest club, local football club, let's say. Um, it's also a big expat city because um, I've discovered the first two weeks, actually, I was staying in the city center and I used to go in the Japanese area. It's the, I think, third largest Japanese community in Europe. So you have about 500, I think I've heard, Japanese companies in the city. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a lot. Oh, wow. And uh, um, you, so it's like a mini Tokyo when you're in the city <laughs> center, which is oh, weird. Wow. Yeah. Um, because you're still in Europe and you're in Germany. Um, <laughs> and um, the same, you discover the different communities because mm. there's a massive Turkish community and then there's a massive Ghanaian community. So that was my first encounter with Ghanaian actually because I was looking for, a, yeah, how do you say, 
uh, hairdresser. <laughs> oh, okay. You know those things <laughs> when you're a black woman and you yeah. arrive in a place and yeah. you're like, oh, wow. So will I have to go to Paris or London to get my hair done? <laughs> <you know? laughs> I need to find someone local. And um, how do you say? Yeah, you had some funny encounters, let's say, where my neighbors, because I didn't know Germany there, so I know all about recycling, for example. So my first month, my neighbor harassed me. So when they harassed me, they wrote letters. Um, they used to leave yeah, notes on my door flat because I didn't understand German. I was like, what is this? And I was lucky. One of my neighbors became my best friend. She was German, but she lived in Geneva, so she spoke French. And she explained to me, she printed me the guide to recycling. And then at the end, I had six beans. it's another thing yes because german recycle everything from white glass to brown glass to green glass to paper to carton um and i didn't know so when i moved in i left my carton downstairs by the bin and that's where it upset them (laughs) so that's the best way to be welcome so they started to put notes on my door every night or in my post box and I didn't understand what was written so mm-hmm. I was like what's wrong with them and, <laughs> okay. and then yeah my my great neighbor helped me to figure it out and she said oh Christina you need to know that uh, there's recycled bin at the end of the street those one are for regular uh, garbage and a special thing that they pay a lot of money for that's why they're upset and I said no oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then another story was, I arrived in winter, I arrived in February, and um, it was minus 14 degrees, 30 centimeters of snow. So a bit like in Canada for three, four months, so it's a bit depressing. You arrive every day, we had this game at the office, what do we see? Snow and rabbit. (laughs) Um, And we were by the airport, so... um, the good thing I would say was uh, German are very organized and I remember they clean the parking, the roads, it's not like in France or in the UK. In the UK, it's catastrophic. Whenever there's no, there's no train, no bus, it's like end of life. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, because the, no one wants to put salt to, you know, to yeah, uh, melt. Ne- the snow. melt. Yes. Um, and uh, there was super organized and everything. Even something that shocked me because I was the I lived in, um, how do you say, not re- yeah, most most of my neighbor were retired, really, so I was the youngest. So um, I was the only one working, so I leave at seven because you start to work at eight. Another difference in Germany, you start to work early. Um, I worked at eight, but my German colleague came sometime at six or seven, then they finish wow. at three or four. So they have a much more balanced life. They eat at 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah, they have lunch at 11. <laughs> And uh, they leave the office at three. And uh, yeah, I was like, wow, it's totally different from UK or France, you know? They have a more balanced life. You're already talking about um, some of the things that you, that, I think we can say like what you liked and what you okay you've not really talked about what you didn't like but maybe we can like yeah like just talk more about um some of the things that you like and mm-hmm. don't or didn't like about um being an expat and living abroad like um across the different places um i i think like your experiences i don't know how relatable it will be to like um uh Asian audience, but I think like yeah, it might um, be different. Yeah, like um, but I think there might still be um some Some good connection. Yeah, 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 I think so too. Um, because what you would like, depending on where you live, I would say is easy integration, or the fact that you can vote and participate to the local community. Uh, what you don't like is, for example, in Germany, I would say they're less open-minded than UK because uh, obviously they didn't have so much colonization, etc. So, for example, my neighbor see me first time he see me, I call him because I needed him to help me with the cable guy, I think, to get internet. 
And the first thing he, he looked at me weird, and then he's like touching his skin. He's like, "Where are you from? You don't, you're not Arabic." Because the yeah, German are very straightforward. And if you don't know about that, you can be offended <laughs> because because uh, in France or in UK people would speak a bit less directly. Um, so I remember I was like, "It's like yeah, he just want to tell me I'm black basically, but he doesn't know." <laughs> So he touched his arm and he's like, this is your color. Where are you from? And I'm like, this is so oh, wow. rude. <laughs> you know I, mean? Yeah, I mean, so I was like, okay, I need to try to make it because he speaks a very little English. I was like, okay, let me say Caribbean in German. It's Caribbean. So he understand. He look at me. Yeah. And oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, that was like awkward, awkward. Um, yeah. So I would say also at work sometimes. Uh, my German colleagues were like that. They have a very high pride, um, and uh, you learn it through other, uh, say, through other foreigners because they were explaining us that the company will rate your salary according to where you're from. I was like, that's a bit, you know. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you know, anyone who's from like south of Europe will be paid less, but if you're from north of Europe, they will put you the same level. Oh, okay. So. Yes, because they kind of have this vision that um, it's a favor they give you. Mm. So, and while in UK, regardless of where you're coming, you will all be at the local salary. Yeah. So that's one of the things. So when we're starting to discuss in between each other, I was like, no, I'm a woman. I came from London. I need to negotiate. I negotiate twice because I didn't want to be discounted. Mm. Plus, I came from a market where uh, digital is the first market in mm. digital marketing. So I know my value, mm. you know what I mean? And it's like, um, or sometimes, yeah, it's the, I would say it's the lack of open mindedness being blunt, but okay. it's very cultural. Yeah. Um, so it can... It can offend you if you're not used to it, or if yeah, if it's your first time. Oh wow! Um, all right. But then um, it was smaller city, so it, it's a good experience. It's the same with Amsterdam. It's like when you live in London or Paris, so let's say five, ten millions plus people, you are happy to go in a smaller place because you find yourself also. You can refocus on yourself better, I would say. Mm. Um, because you have less distraction um, and you save more money as well because there's less things to do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. How about Germany so, is supposed to be like one of the most expensive places to, to live? I think it depends which city you live because yeah. personally, um, I felt that London and Amsterdam was much more expensive. Uh, so, for example, the studio I had, I was only paying 500 euros a month. So half of my pay was say, in savings when I was in Germany. Uh, while in London, it's impossible to do that. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yes. So um, um, because, yeah, rents are expensive, transport is expensive, a lot of things are expensive. So you have to go through this system, in fact, um, and salary are low unless you contract like I do and other people do so yeah right. you capitalize on your skills but then um, no Germany to be honest in Dusseldorf is not that expensive it's supposed to be Northwest Westphalia is um, how do you say because a friend of mine live in uh, Stuttgart so she we, we used to have this joke when I say I live in the city of millionaire and she was like I live I lived in the city of billionaires <laughs> so Okay, okay, <laughs> pardon me, uh, pardon me, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, south of Germany is much more wealthy than north. Right. And especially when you're in the west part, um, it's been calculated officially that people in the west have double wealth than people in the east. Oh, so wow. if you live in Berlin, Berlin is cheap, but then salary are low. Mm. Um But if you live northwest or southwest, you will have higher salary and cost of life are higher. Right. Um, yeah, I think the most expensive city is Munich. Uh, All right. Then, you, yeah. you, you did mention uh, something um, about um, when you first got to Germany and mm -hmm. um, looking for a hairdresser and finding like <laughs> yes. the... Oh <laughs> The Ghanaian community, yeah. Yes, um, they saved my life. Can I say it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
is that is that is that where the idea of um, melanin travels magic came from? Um, where no, where did where did that, where where did did that you came from? Yeah. Cool. So this was more recent. So just to explain the context, um, so there's several factors. Um, I would say one of the key factors is yeah my love and passion for travel in especially in the last five six years um, because. I've been freelancing and I was more capable of investing in my hobbies, let's say. And uh, in the back of my mind, it started, I think, in 2007. No, um, I was the first person in my family to go to Africa. So I went to Senegal 11 years ago because I wanted to find out about Africa and also have a friend who had a bed and breakfast. So this is the occasion to go. And my they look at me with, ah, you're going to get kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. I, I'm, I took my suitcase. And since then, I love to travel between New Year, Christmas and New Year in Africa, actually, or odd country, because it's just a different vibe. And um, how do you say, this year has been very marking for the Black history um, because of the George Floyd murder and before that actually in the same week in the caribbean um that's where it started people were starting to knock down some statue um of let's say famous french people that we've been told are where our savior whatever so it started from there and uh because they were highly involved in the anti-slave decree and then because people found out they were not heroes they were actually in favor of it. So there was massive discontent. And I was like, I said to one of my cousins, there's going to be a massive uh, black movement. And he didn't believe me. And it happened <laughs> three days afterwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, because we usually see revolution, people knock down statues. And then people knock down statues in UK as well. I was like, whoa, this is massive. Mm-hmm. They, you had the series of, um, how do you say, uh, demonstration, etc. And since then, in UK, there's a how do you say offspring or of mm. a black business being born, created. Um, and I joined a few black business or female group on WhatsApp, and I was like, okay, I need to do something as well right. because uh, this is an impulse where everyone starts to realize uh, we need to access to this generational wealth. We need to do for ourselves. Yeah. Um, we need to empower each other and uh, be respected as a community because it's not normal that in 2020 we are let's say the societal group which is always behind everywhere and it's a question i ask myself and that's why i started to travel in black nation is because um i don't want to say i was fed up but i was like why are we last everywhere why do we have to be immigrants everywhere um, because I'm not the only immigrants. My dad migrated in the 70s and my brother lived in the US for 10 years. So we all went away. <laughs> so I was like, you know, there are difficulties in the, let's say, host countries who um, prevent usually upward mobility. It comes from there. Um, it's not always a question of you studied or anything. It's because you're not allowed to go a certain level. Um, and that's why I I went to Cap Verde, okay, for Kizomba Festival, but also learn about okay. the culture. Okay. And one of the things I love is, I thought it was the most united diaspora I've seen because on one of the island, um, one hospital has been founded by all the Cap Verdean who live in Luxembourg. And I was, I've never seen that in any other community, black community, that people actually put their money together to improve back home uh, not just to do a house for themselves but to do an hospital to do a school all together and i was so impressed i was i am i was a like, wow and they called the street uh rue de luxembourg yeah luxembourg street because of that the street where they have the hospital all right and yeah i was like wow and the same i there's places i didn't want to go because in my head i'm like if they treat people black people but I will never go so I went to Brazil despite that I was I loved it but at the same time 
my heart sunk because from the moment you leave the airport, you see people, poor people, begging on the highway and they are black people. Oh, and he wow. hurts you, he hurts you because it's really in that country, you see the gap of wealth in between black and white. Um, and it's in fact, the country with the largest African diaspora, there's 85 million um, blacks in Brazil. Oh, wow. So it's I twice the amount of US. Yes, wow. yes. So people don't know those facts. That's why I'm also setting this companies because um, so it came from there. It came from the fact that for the last five, six years, I went in Black Nation asking myself this question. Um, why are we last? Why do we have to always migrate from our home country or home island to look for a better life? Is it just pure economical or are there other factors? And um, what do we have in common in terms of culture? And the more I research, the more I learn, the more I meet people like me or um, among my travel guides, some go to the US or UK to do diaspora research. I didn't even know this existed. I was like, wow. Um, and I meet also historians. So in all this journey, um, I set up the company because I was like, initially in my head, I was like, when I reach 40, I will pivot in heart. And then I was like, Nah, I love art. <laughs> nah, I wanted to be a director of a gallery. And I think, no, I need to do something more meaningful for my community. Mm. Um, and melanin came into place because when I went to Ghana, yeah, it was like an awakening because I went for the year of return. Uh, I went with actually another group. We were one of four people. That was with, just last yeah. year, right? Yes, oh, yes, okay. it was. Mm. It was great. It's that it was magical to see so many diasporians in one place because yeah, there were South African, Nigerian, Ghanaian, American, Af lots of Afro-American, obviously, um, of Afropian as well, since we are Afropian. Um, and it was not just to go to parties and how do you say um, festival, but also what really shakes you is when you visit Cape Coast Castle and you go inside um, the dungeon and you realize what your ancestor went through. I think the big awakening for me was, um, because I've been to Senegal, I've been to Island of Gore, but it's not the same. It's kind of glamorized, it's colorful, and it, they change it in a museum, like a library-like, so you don't experience. They show you the rooms, but you can't really feel it. In Ghana, they, you have to go all the way down. They shut the lights and then you're like, wow, uh, you leave it. You leave it, you experience it. Okay. It's nearly like you feel it, you mm. see, and it's totally different. Um, the richness of the culture is massive. And I was like, because actually, I think 56, they have 46 of the slave castle out of the 56 in Africa. So most of the slave trade happened in Ghana, basically yeah um so that's why they have this huge heritage and i think uh they just announced that they're gonna build the wakanda city in cape coast the airport in cape coast so it's gonna become the heritage um slash uh slavery memorial place in africa basically very soon right. and when i melanin travel magic yeah came from all of this plus when while we were there, everyone was telling us, "Yeah, you need to invest in Africa." There was some seminar about it. I skipped those actually, uh, <laughs> but then <laughs> because I was tired of Accra, let's say, and party every night. Um, because we did a few, obviously going to Abury Gardens, going to Cape Coast. It's good to be outside of Accra, and also because coming and living in big city, I, when I travel, I prefer to go in smaller city or sometimes in villages to enjoy the real life, let's say. And uh, so I've decided to follow the Japanese tradition because I think I've heard when I've been to Japan, um, 1st of January, apparently they go hiking, it's the tradition. So I was like, okay, I need to re-oxygen my body <laughs> because going down every night, my head, my body is dizzy. The food is great, but I need more. So I visited the Volta region and that's how I met my current business partner because I travel with his crew. So I experienced his services and it was cool. And from there, 
I kept in touch with my guide and he was like, oh, I've been working for this British company for eight years. I want to launch my company. I'm looking for investor. And I, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, right. And everyone was like, oh, Christina, are you crazy? And, and I've never been the kind of person who listened to people, general opinion. So I was like, I'm going ahead. And um, I was like, okay, let's do this thing. But I need to be trained to, let's say, catch up the, if I don't have the skill and knowledge you have, but at least some of it to understand and, you know. Yeah. Um, so I follow a course by an American Nigerian uh, woman who lives in Bali and um, she's famous because her company has been going on for three years. So now she teaches other people how to do group too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, funny enough, um, I felt much more confident because I was like, okay, I know how to select vendors. Uh, the dates, the pricing was most important, the marketing, even if in fact no one teach you how to market your own trip, uh, it's something I'm still figuring out. Uh, and um, um, some of my strategy actually was I need to approach, <coughs> sorry, black expat or a young black professional in Europe, US. And that's how I found about your podcast actually. I will bump into um, blog where it was listed the 30 largest um, black expat uh, blog or podcast and I was like okay I approach everyone <laughs> mostly everyone say yes so oh, I was yeah. like wow <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it's I, great they understand yeah I think um, it's, I think it's not like you said like it's it's support mm. like I think we all need yes. to support ourselves basically each yeah. other yeah. voila and uh, somewhere like most of them ask you to pay but then I was I need to vary the strategy in between um, let's say some and then some people told me you need to approach local people as well so I start to talk with bloggers vloggers based in Sierra Leone as well or Togo and I'm like yeah I need to do it with some people who actually live in Europe US but also Asia Middle East and then locals who are also trying because there's a big movement of repatriation and the one i'm talking in sierra leone they are let's say second generation like me and they decided to go back to their parents country um because they're fed up of the west more or less so uh and uh, your, your market is it's very it's very global like you don't have like yes my market is global exactly because people are like um, so the inspiration, let's say, is the Afro-American because I studied the market and they're the one, let's say, who dominated in the sense um, most group tour or, Af or black group tour are based in U.S. or Mexico. It's mostly right. owned by Americans. Right. But then in Europe, we're not so many. And then I was like, actually, I should aim at the old diaspora and, you know, kind of mirror myself because myself i'm a global citizen let's say um so i should not close myself doors and the same when we start to do advertising my guide was surprised it's like why do you have more resonance in france and belgium i said because france got the largest uh, african diaspora in europe so it's 4.5 million so that's why you know so i was starting to discover things figures yeah. speak for themselves um so it's in my advantage to speak language and use them and yeah yeah so and attract my community you know, the melanin travel travels magic will be based in will operate out of London. the uk okay All right. yes so we operate out of the uk mm -hmm. uh the current business model is as i'm first starting i didn't want to overwhelm myself too much and wanted to launch two trips in fact i've been talking with other people <laughs> and then i was like the more i speak and the more my brother is like you know focus on your two trips for next year and then plan everything for 2022 with other people um because i've been approached yeah, my account get notices either I approach people or they approach me on Instagram. Oh, yeah. um, so it's, I think I have a couple from Tanzania. They are cool because they have a woman-only guides policy. So they do um, safaris in uh, Tanzania and Zanzibar and Kenya. And I was like, okay, the price point is, might be too high for this year. So I will work on with them on 2022. 
um, I've approached a guy in uh, Haiti as well because I want to do the Caribbean, Africa, and Latin America because the diaspora is, let's say, the big heritage come from those three regions. Mm. Um, and uh, I've also, I'd like to do Nigeria, obviously, because, uh, you know, because of my private life, but then uh, it's, um, yeah, it's a bit more complex, let's say, for all kinds of reasons, but I've approached, I think, three or four uh, agency based in Lagos and they they already operate domestically and I think sometimes they do things with international travelers it's just they told me because of distance road condition safety yeah. I have to be more um, strategic and do things which are close to each other yeah um, um, especially um, yeah in West Africa yeah voila because they yeah they start to tell me oh uh, yeah there's it would a be lot of obstacles Lagos Badagri yeah. voila it would be <laughs> yeah. Lagos Badagri area yeah. you can't go that far because yeah. but yeah it's all coming into place because um, I think it's not I think I, I I can't explain it's like I had the idea I'm putting into place every step I'm also trying to get mentored by. Um, the Independent Travel Association and also by some um, black startup incubator because all right, that's, since that's cool. again all this George Floyd movement and let's say black British contestation uh, the government, the banks everyone is kind of pouring in putting money from the council um, to support black business entrepreneurship yeah uh, which is good. Even London Chamber of Commerce open a black business owner chamber oh, nice. uh, registered. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, because people are like, oh, how do you do? I'm like, no, if you live here, you will see things are happening. Things yeah. are happening and it's time to launch yourself, stop your fear. Mm. And uh, that's why I surround myself with yeah, black business owner group. Uh, WhatsApp group because we exchange ideas, we exchange, um, how do you say, uh, vibes, we kind of celebrate our wins every Wednesday, yeah. this kind of thing, because you yeah. need to be surrounded, prepare your mindset and um, surrounded by people who understand your journey, because even if they might not do the same as you, they will do, yes, yeah, some do, yeah. you know, black woman beauty or whatever, or <laughs> yeah. uh, consulting, yeah. or a lot of them do uh, business coach for small businesses. Mm. Um, but at least in the journey, they explain you the steps. So you have sometimes some workshop on bootstrapping for your business, or you will connect with people who are in angel, uh, do you say, um, angel investing or VC. Even if in my head, I don't see myself as a VC within two years, but I, because I want to keep control, I don't want, I want it to be a family business. That's my vision. But um, you never know. It yeah, might exactly. pick up yeah. <laughs> and then it became so big that you yeah. need help. So you're like, um, I have to think ahead. I have to learn to, um, even now I'm talking with a lawyer to do proper contracts. So I'm learning a lot more than yeah what you learn in school in business studies, because yeah, in business studies, you learn how to manage other people's business. No one teach you how to manage your own. <laughs> so yeah. it's the big challenge of coming from an idea, a dream, execution. And then I think the biggest test would be convincing uh, customers. Um, yeah. Talking about convincing customers, um, you, you mm -hmm. have... You have you say you have two trips planned for yes. next for twenty twenty one. Yeah, like um you want to talk about those. Um you have Yes, yes. Ghana both of them are in Ghana. No, no, one is in Ghana, was in whoops, one is in Brazil. So Ghana is in December, so it's uh, usually uh, I think it's twenty sixth of December and fourth of January. Right. Uh, so yeah, let's say Boxing Day, um, New Year's uh, celebration when it's magical let's say because i've been <laughs> at exactly at the same time okay. uh, when you arrive at kokota airport everyone was i have yeah, traveled last year on christmas day so everyone was in santa claus it was funny <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, i felt i was like aquaba santa claus so it was cool um so 
basically how I differentiate myself with many travel magic, because as I said, the market is big, lots of Afro-American, let's say similar company, but the way I differentiate myself is to have really uh, black heritage and culture at the center of the trip. So yes, there's some fun moment, there's some cool stuff to do, but there's also a big uh, cultural and educational part in each trip because um, yeah, that's what I love. And also yeah. I think it's important for the diaspora to know the culture of all yeah. each other. Because what we tend to do as second or third generation is to learn the culture for our parents, sometimes love it, sometimes reject it, um, because usually we would have been born in another country. So we are kind of torn sometimes uh, in between both our identities. And um, I feel with when I was 25, I had a wake up call. Uh, I joined a, the only French Caribbean association and I've learned so much more because um, we had writers coming, journalists, intellectuals to show me that my culture is worthy, um, choreographers, because I didn't understand why do we dance? Why do we do this? This is our heritage, this is our culture, this is our ancestor legacy. And um, there's a reason for everything we do and there's everything for who we are. So is when you start to do those research and and got, let's say, with historian, etc., intellectuals, you will develop self-love more. Mm. All right, all right, that's true. Um, because you can be confused in the West, uh, because you are, even me, growing up as a kid, I always wonder, why do I have this and don't have that? Why my eyes are not blue? Because <laughs> this is what... No, it's true, because yeah. at the time, there yeah. was no Fenty Beauty. You know, and there yeah. was no all the stuff. Yeah, you don't, you don't no... see a lot of your image on TV. Voila, there was not enough influencer. Mm -hmm. there. I mean, uh, black ones, let's say. And even here, there's a woman who created a magazine for young girls, Coco Magazine. It picked up massively. And uh, she's winning awards. She's being distributed in all supermarkets. She did it from July and it just exploded in six months because there was wow. the demand, but mm. we are not one, represented yeah. enough. We are not yeah. represented enough. Mm. And that's why all the issues we have comes from. Mm. Uh, we don't give enough example to our children of uh, what's success? Success is not being a rapper and have lots of money and holes. Success yeah. is about being balanced, having a family, loving what you do, knowing and learning your finances. Here, there's so much now uh, black financial educator. I've followed a few, I've learned so much more because your parents don't teach you that, school don't teach you that. Mm. So that's why we fell in those traps yeah. um, of easy access to things we don't really need um and thinking oh yeah i've made it you haven't made it mate if you have lots of debt <laughs> no because i met a friend in germany that's where i come from this story um and at the time now she's a business owner and she's six figure but when i met her she had lots of debts and when i said why did you go there and she's like because i have black fever christina i, said, I don't have this disease you know <laughs> What? What is this disease? And she said, black fever, you know, when you want to impress other people, help yeah. them. I said, so what? You get in debt to help other people. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, oh, and also impress, you know, always flash the designer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's a very Anglo-Saxon culture. Uh, I would say French speaking countries don't flash so much because in our culture, let's say we, um, it's not really validated to show off, let's say. Right. So you also learn the different behavior in the diaspora according to who they've been colonized by. by yeah, okay. Yes, because you would have uh, left in them, imprint them in some way. Yeah. Um, so I love that because I'm curious, I was curious about that since 11 years ago, but even five years ago, even now still, the more I research, the more I watch documentaries, the more I talk with people, the more I've learned, okay, we have this in common. For example, um, I think when I went to Cap Verde, they had this, they disguised himself with coal. So they have this parade. And then I've discovered, I think he come from Nigeria, but also in Brazil, they do it. 
in Guadeloupe we do it. And I was like, why do we all do it? Because this is the day when uh, enslaved used to celebrate their blackness. Okay. Wow. Uh, so we all do this, but we don't know we all do this, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I love the story. The same with cornrows. Cornrows are the symbol of freedom because they used to be the map to come out of the plantation. And and people used to put either, if they were in Latin America, corn, or if they were in, in, uh, in US or, uh, or Caribbean, they used to put rice to help them on the way to cook it. So I'm like, wow. Um, we need to know more about that. I've learned also in the UK, they used to be in the 70s Pan-African school where people used to learn that um, because they knew they needed to know their history, where they come from. Mm. Um, they're trying to reinstall that in public school, but it's not really going, you see what I mean? Um, so there's a lot going on here and let's say in Europe, in the US, in Brazil, everywhere. There's a big awakening in Nigeria as well with NSARS. I think all of the black diaspora is waking up and they, they, they finally realize our ancestor wants us to do better. Yeah. So, um, to, 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 let's go back. Let's go back to Melanin. Like you, yes. you, clear, sorry, you, sorry. you have. I'm passionate. No, you, no, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you are clearly very passionate about this, which mm. is really good. Mm. And mm. like you're very knowledgeable about it. Like I think, mm. like, um, people are there's a lot of people are going to learn from like just mm. being on your toes like it's yes like yes. it's there's clearly so, a lot to learn there um, yes there's a lot uh, to learn so yeah. for the trips basically um so Ghana thing is is 10 days uh, it's in december uh why is different because it's heritage tour so you do some of the thing you do with other people let's say but it's not the same so how can i differentiate myself so mm. Uh, yeah, you start in Accra, you will see the Kwame Nkrumah uh, Mausoleum, which I've done. I think Du Bois uh, Museum as well, I've done. Then we go to Cape Coast and you will visit the slave dungeon. But then you go in other places that you won't go with other people. I think it's Asin Menso River. I haven't done it. So for me, it's great. Yeah, it's I will be. be too, yeah. Yes. The, because is, is, the it, good... is, is it part of the plan to like. Um, mm -hmm. Um, very um, the destinations like the places you go to say within mm -hmm. Ghana um, say you go this year and then next year mm -hmm. you want to go again will the places you yes. visit change? so the plan for me right now is to launch those two so to do um, uh, Ghana every year um, Brazil every year and um, mix the other so um Tanzania, Zanzibar, yeah, it's popular and there's lots to see. Haiti, because um, they're the first Odyssey. Um, it was the first black nation yeah. or free black nation. And they have so much heritage that people apart from Haitian don't know about. Um, and because we always have island rivalry as well. <laughs> so you have all those things. Uh, so if my dad knew, oh, I'm promoting Haiti, he would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I will promote Guadeloupe as well because we have a wonderful island and there's a beautiful site uh, like waterfalls, beach, everything you want in one place and history and super food. What advice would you have? Because you, you, you've talked about how um, recently there's been a pro-black business movement yes. and people who don't, um, a lot of uh, black people um, don't or have not taken advantage of um, opportunities out there, um, especially to promote um, mm. blackness um, everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, what what mm -hmm. advice would you have for um, black POC expats, entrepreneurs, people who basically um, to, to promote, to do something, um, even if it's not definite, not similar to yours, but like a business? do something so, generally yeah do something so first i would say surround yourself uh with like-minded people so don't because you will have friends or family who don't believe or in you or will tell you yeah you're crazy yeah, yeah. um okay. so go and look for those communities of yeah. black business founders whether in um how do you say commerce chambers or whatsapp group i, I would say advice is Surround yourself by like-minded individuals. Join either groups, association, um, business, community, 
where uh, you will discover other people who are like you in your journey. Either they're starting or either they've been around two, five, ten years, whatever, you don't care. Because the point is, by being proactive and joining the group and participating, you'll be emulated to do more. Yeah, true. Um, because I joined a group also in travel, but in the US, and them I've learned, they are more travel agent. I'm supposed to be a tour operator, but I've learned from them how to market better uh, because I'm more, let's say, French open. I'm a bit more discreet. American are a bit more in your face and always showing your <laughs> face. So I have to find the balance, what works for my audience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah be proactive. That's, yeah, that's definitely good advice what do you want listeners to know about melanie and travels magic okay um first of all i'd like you to know that melanie travel magic um is here to facilitate some um diaspora cultural um experience via travel um so to meet like-minded people to experience some countries where either you have some connection or you've never been to, or you'd like to discover, um, but in another way, uh, with more, let's say, significant experience where you go in key location that will um, make you be part of uh, this Black Renaissance movement, know better your ancestry, and yeah, be proud and come back with, uh, okay, I know where I'm from, or I know where my auntie or my dad is from or um, okay. understand better my culture yeah. or the, the variety of the black experience. That's All what right. I would say. I think on that note, we'll, we'll round up this Yes, um, thank you session. very much. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I like spoke to, more it's okay. than I thought. <laughs> I was afraid. <laughs> this is, it's, it's, it just shows how passionate you are about what you're doing, yes. I think. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's really good. Um, thank, thank you, Christina, you. for coming on the on this episode of the Other thank Expats podcast. Thank you very much, um, <laughs> This episode of the Other Expats podcast was created and edited by Reward Inc. The intro soundtrack was by Big Main Sound Machine, edited by The Small Room Production. Listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Music, and more. Connect with us on your preferred social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Visit our website, otherexpats.com, for resources, blog updates, and more.